You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. And a good Friday to you. Thanks for tuning in here on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, your bud, your boy, Bill Ryder, got a day off, deserving one at that. Uh, more power to him, Hope, hopefully whatever he's doing. Is he out researching? Is Kevin Durant going to get traded? I'm not sure. Uh, but I've got you for the next two hours here on CBS Sports Radio. That would be Joseph Anthony Aloysius McDonald Jr., it's a lengthy name that I would not uh, expect anyone to remember and or recant on the air. So I've been going by Jody Mack since uh, birth, as a matter of fact. But at least on the air with the 30-plus years that I've done this sports talk thing and we'll do it you guys for the next two hours. Man, we got uh, plenty to sink our teeth into and only two hours to do it. I will let you know well ahead of time that our buddy John Heyman, uh, Odyssey Insider will get aboard with us over the course of uh, the next couple hours. Um, he will join us in the at the top of hour number two. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios, whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance your current one, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. All right, where will we be rocketing out to in the world of sports for the next couple hours? Heavy emphasis on uh, the National Football League since we had our first day of week. Is it considered week two? I know in college football, uh, we are now just two weeks away from week zero. That's what they call week one of the college football season because a bunch of teams start early. I checked the schedule the other day. No top 25 teams in uh, week zero, but then we one is thereafter. Yes, we had the Hall of Fame game one week ago yesterday uh, between the Raiders and the Jags, but this is the start of the first full weekend of preseason football, and they got it underway on Thursday night. Last night, a bunch of games tonight, a whole bunch on Saturday, and then they even saved some uh, for Sunday. So if you're an NFL fan, you'll be able to get plenty of it. And, yes, I am. And, yes, that means last night, sitting in front of my TV, I watched NFL football. Flipped over to a couple of baseball games because surely we are in a pennant chase as we reach uh, mid-August, heading to the end of September, decide who does or doesn't make the MLB playoffs. And, yes, that's why we're having John Heyman on approximately one hour from now. But, yeah, last night, what sports did I watch more of than anything else? Patriots-Giants. And I know by, shoot, midway through the first period, a lot of the players out there playing were not starters. Guys who are going to be on the team, guys who are going to be contributors – By the second half, you probably had more guys that will not be on either the Giants or the Patriots uh, come September 11th when the season gets underway. But it's NFL football, and you get into it uh, just because it is. And I did last night. Um, Wonder if we hear from any Giant fans today saying, Danny Dimes is the man. Hey, Jones was okay. I give him his props. Uh, if you if you're listening to me here on uh, CBS Sports Radio or uh, on any of my other broadcast outlets, you know that. Let's see, I have not been a Dan, uh, Danny Dimes fan since oh when he was drafted as high as he was in the first round out of Duke, and the fact that the Giants uh, thought they could develop him into a franchise quarterback, uh, they pretty much tipped their hand this year when they didn't extend his contract, pick up the fifth-year option. So he is absolutely a guy who's singing for his supper this year with the Giants. But he's he's going to be their quarterback. Tyrod Taylor came in, was okay last night, but I don't think he is going to 
if he replaces Danny Dimes because uh, he's not good enough as the quarterback of the Eagle of the Giants, that's a bad sign, Giant fans. You've gotten off to a, a bad start. No, oh, by the way, I don't think Giants are going to win a lot of games this year. I'm not a big fan of the the quarterback. Um, I like what the Giants have done during this offseason. The changes they've made, I think Brian Dable will be a uh, good head coach. Interesting quote from him last night after the game, which, in case you don't know, Giants won. Uh, There are probably some of you out there who are listening who uh, cashed if you took the Giants last night. How do you bet preseason game? Well, I get it. You you like a little action on the game. I hope you bet like one-tenth of what you bet during the regular season or at least one-quarter of what you bet. Don't. Don't be putting any more than that in preseason action. Um, but, yeah, the Giants did walk away with a 23-21 win. When Graham Gano beat, booted home a short field goal at the gun to lift the Giants to that victory, hey, you take them where you can get them, even in the preseason. Right, Giants fans? I'm uh, not a fan of the quarterback, uh, but I do like the new coach, and I think the general manager had started to show that uh, he, he will upgrade the roster over the course of the next couple of years, and he's going to get at least a couple of years to to do just that. Uh, the new Giants GM and coach both coming in from Buffalo, which has been a winning program. Um, Daniel Jones, not terrible, 6 of 10, 69 yards. Tyrod Taylor, hey, looked healthy. That's been Tyrod's biggest problem, right? is the fact that he can't stay on the field. He's had a couple of chances before season started to actually be the starting quarterback. Started camp as the starting quarterback, knowing full well there was someone behind him that was eventually going to take his place in the last two stops he's been in. Uh, yeah, it's not happening in New York. If he takes over there, he's actually got a chance to keep the uh, starting job because the Giants aren't committed to Daniel Jones long time the way some of Tyrod Taylor's previous fellow quarterbacks have been. Uh, Bailey Zappi, the uh, drafted quarterback from the Patriots, came in, threw the ball all over the lot. Got to give him at least this much for uh, attempts, 32. 32 attempts in a preseason game. You don't see that out of a quarterback. They pulled uh, Hoyer like he was the starter last night, even though we know Mac Jones will be the starter in New England this year. He never even saw the field. Uh, Saquon Barkley got some early runs, looked like he had a little pep in his step. So uh, Giant fans, uh, love to hear from you guys today on my telephone lines. In case you're just catching me for the first time, I'm not sure how that would be. If you're a diehard Bill Ryder fan, then you got to be here all the time. Uh, do you tune out as soon as you hear someone's voice other than Bill Ryder? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but you stay tuned for me today. Uh, I'm your weekend warrior here on CBS Sports Radio, uh, Jody Mack. I like talking to you guys. I do more phone call taking on the weekends than a lot of the regular CBS Sports Radio shows do. Uh, and I don't change my game. Uh, a lot of teams change games, don't want to show, uh, put on film what they do here in the preseason. Oh, no, no, I stick to my game plan, uh, which is to give you guys the chance to chime in and have a national platform here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, you do it one of two ways, either on our toll-free line, 855-212-4227, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Jody McMahon, J-O-D-Y. M-A-C-M-A-N. So I'm always uh, looking forward to talking to you guys. I wouldn't mind hearing from an overly excited Giant fan who today now thinks that the Giants are in the mix for a potentially winnable NFC East. 
Yeah, the Cowboys are the defending champion. But the defending champion never wins the NFC. He's got to go back, what, 18, 19 years? That back-to-back divisional winners in the NFC East? So if you've eliminated the Cowboys because of that, well, then you got the Eagles, the Commanders, and the Giants. So, Giant fans, if you tell me you got a shot, I'd love to hear from you. Um, Patriot fans, yeah, Bailey Zapp threw it all over the yard. Um, uh, Kristen uh, Wilkinson, a former Southeast Missouri State player, 99 yards receiving last night. He's been in the league for a year. I don't know Kristen Wilkinson from a hole in the wall, but I uh, give him credit for having the night that he had last night. So, yeah, I want to start by talking NFL football. We can look at the scad for tonight's NFL action and Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I'll make a Deshaun Watson comment or two over the course of the next two hours. Uh, and Tom Brady taking some downtime with the Bucks, personal time. Don't know what that personal time incorporates, but if there's one player in the NFL that doesn't need – preseason reps it's the quarterback of the tampa bay buccaneers tom brady uh but the one other game that was played last night and all i've seen is highlights because it was not nationally broadcast the nfl network had to choose between the giants and the patriots and the ravens and the titans and they decided to go with uh, new york and boston uh rather than tennessee and baltimore Uh, i i would have liked to have seen malik Willis run the Tennessee Titans last night because uh, it was not Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. He was given the night off. Not a major surprise that Lamar Jackson wasn't playing for the Ravens, so neither starting quarterback got the nod in this one. But Malik Willis, who a lot of people thought was going to be a first-round draft pick in this year's past draft, didn't happen. Going to be the first quarterback taken in this this past year's draft, didn't happen. Floated down to the third round, and the Titans finally said, yeah, all right, we'll take Malik Willis at this spot. There's value here. Um, Much like Danny Dimes, I've never been a Ryan Tannehill fan. Um, So if Tannehill gets off to a slow start, it'll be very interesting to see if they go to Malik Willis. Uh, Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee coach, said after last night's game, Got to be a little bit more decisive. And again, unfortunately, it's a game. Wasn't on national TV, so I can't agree or disagree with Vrabel. All I can tell you is that uh, Willis completed six of his 11 passes for 107 yards. So he had a couple of nice throws in there. Only six complete for 107 yards. That's pretty good per completion. Um, and he ran in a touchdown. I did see that highlight play. Took off, made a play with his legs. And he is one of those good young quarterbacks who can do that. Oh, by the way, yeah, Daniel Jones did that too, made a couple of decent plays with his legs. I think that's the strength of his game, which is actually running. We'll see if Malik Willis's strengths are more so than that. Uh, but the Ravens ended up uh, winning the game. Tyler Huntley, the guy who will be playing if Lamar Jackson isn't, and he wasn't terrible last year. I know the Ravens didn't make the playoffs, but I watched a couple of those Baltimore games without uh, uh, Malik Jackson. He's a reasonable facsimile. He's not Lamar Jackson. Don't kid yourself. But the drop-off to Tyler Huntley isn't nearly as bad as the drop-off from starting quarterback to other backups around the league. Completed six of his 18 passes. Again, uh, per per reception, he had 16 re- uh, uh, completions. Excuse me. He had 16 completions for 109 yards. Malik Willis had six completions for 107 yards. So uh, a lot of dink and dunk stuff, I'm assuming, from uh, Tyler Huntley. But not bad. And the Ravens got their win. And, oh, by the way, their 21st consecutive 
preseason victory? How do you do that, Coach Arbaugh? How do you get – is that a, just a coincidence or is that him doing the right thing to prep for it? Um, our buddy Dick Vermeil, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame um, this past week, and I couldn't be happier for one of the classiest people I've ever met in the National Football League, and I even had a chance to interview him on my Philly station uh, the week before, the Sunday before the Saturday night induction, and uh, was completely psyched for the coach. He told us he had practiced his speech, and he had it down to under seven minutes because he was supposed to give it in eight. He said they uh, told him at six minutes they'd just play a musical note to let him know he had two minutes to go. But he thought he could get it done in under eight minutes. Yeah, Coach Vermeil went 20 minutes. And that's why he went last, because he had the lengthiest speech, because he basically thanked every single person that he had ever uh, come across during his football uh, journey. Uh, and they, they, knew, they knew that ahead of time, so that's why they built in some extra time for the coach. I remember Coach telling me 20, shoot, probably close to 30 years ago, that in preseason, he coached to win. That there was... Certainly, uh, guys were going to play, guys weren't going to play. He wasn't going to play players that he felt it was more important to get them off the field and not risk injury just to win a game. But every single man on his roster, from the time he opened up camp, he knew them, he knew what they could do, and he coached to win. That when he got in the fourth quarter of any preseason game, yeah, there were things they wanted to work on and players they wanted to see. And he said, I leave that up to the general manager. Let him look at the tapes. I'm a head coach. I coach to win games, even if I do so with reserve players. Well, apparently, Coach Harbaugh follows in the footsteps of Coach Vermeil because he's won 21 consecutive preseason games. That's just, it, it's almost incomprehensible, and it's uh, borderline ridiculous. So I do want to talk about the two games that were played last night. Brady taking downtime from the Bucks isn't going to be back till after their second preseason game. Yeah, so what? He's Tom Brady. Do you think he doesn't know the offense? Do you think he's not dedicated? Chances are they built this into the negotiation when Tom Brady unretired he said, listen, I got some stuff I got to take care of in August. So I'll come back and be your quarterback. I'll give you another chance to win a Super Bowl. But I'm going to have to leave camp for two, two and a half weeks, somewhere thereabouts. Uh, I, I'm sure there's someone out there who will make a big deal about it. I will not. Uh, and one of Tom Brady's amigos over the course of his tenure in the National Football League, which is the greatest of all time when it comes to the quarterback position, said something just stone-cold ridiculous yesterday. And uh, Tommy Diesel, uh, my producer today, sends out a nice little uh, email of potential topics for the show over the course of the show, which I always appreciate. He put Antonio Brown first. So when I got on the line with him this morning, I said, yeah, we won't be opening up with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is, is, is he's a space cadet. Always has been, always will be. Very talented football player, but just not uh, following the uh, usual path mentally taken by NFL players. Yesterday, he said that his biggest regret, 
Not that he somehow mangled his way out of Pittsburgh with a coach, Mike Tomlin, who wanted to defend him, wanted to go to the wall for him, just couldn't. Not when he decided to disrobe in the middle of a game after he got to Tampa. No, his biggest regret is he could never watch Antonio Brown play live. That that was just physically impossible, that he could watch the tape afterwards, and man, would that get him excited, but... He just felt deprived by the fact that he himself could not watch Antonio Brown play live because he was kind of busy playing. Some some guys either don't get it or don't want to get it or just don't have that same wavelength that yours truly has. And I'm guessing most other uh, NFL fans uh, don't have either. Uh, so if you're an Antonio Brown fan now, if we get a call from a guy from, uh, I'm pretty sure he's from Cleveland, uh, Antonio guy, Brown fan who's called me two or three times on the weekend. Be interesting to see if he tunes in today. Because the last time, he wanted to make several different points, and he made them. He was good. He's a good caller. Um, but he wanted to go back down the Antonio Brown road, and I said, we're just not. We're not going to do it. He's not coming back into the National Football League. If Antonio Brown wants to watch players play football live on Sundays this year, it will once again not include Antonio Brown. And it won't be an issue or a problem because he's not going to be playing for anybody. But if you want to uh, say that uh, Antonio Brown has still got something left in the tank, and despite his uh, check-ins from planets unknown with some of the things he has to say, do you think he should be on an NFL roster? You can check on in with me. Jody Mack in for Bill Ryder. First hour, I give you the guy, you guys, the chance to chime in. Whatever's going on in the world of sports, we head into the MLB wildcard races. The Field of Dreams game from Iowa. Uh, yeah, there's some Kevin Durant news that's cropped up over the last couple of days. Again, nothing really imminent, but it is a good, fun, debatable topic. And if you haven't heard about the uh, infighting, on campus at the University of Kentucky, I'll give you the details on that, too. So uh, there are plenty of topics to go around. I'll uh, jump around. You can help me jump around by getting on my telephone lines, 855-212-4227. Jody Mackin for Bill Ryder, a football Friday here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Jody Mack here with you on a Friday, filling in for Bill Ryder on CBS Sports Radio. You know this is a shorty show, right? Bill puts in two solid hours every day, but that's all he puts in. And then he's done by noon here on the East Coast. That will be me too. Uh, So thank you for getting up, specifically you West Coasters. God bless. Seven o'clock. I've been up for four-plus hours. So uh, if you're just... Rolling out your day. Thanks for tuning in here on CBS Sports Radio. We're going to try and mix it up over the next couple hours. Uh, Tommy D., outstanding producer of this show, has procured the insights of one John Heyman, uh, now of the New York Post. You see him on the MLB Network. He is one of our Odyssey MLB insiders. Uh, Johnny H. going to join me uh, at the top of hour number two. If you want to jump into the baseball playoff races, a big weekend of action uh, for the AL wild card um, showdowns. And the last couple of days' results have kind of tightened things up. But uh, this weekend, you've got Cleveland and Toronto. 
right now the Guardians ahead in the AL Central, but their lead is not all that much over Minnesota, so they could fall back into the wild card mix. Toronto, the lead wild card dog as of right now. Tampa hosting the Orioles, who the Orioles were only half a game out. They traded off Trey Mancini, one of their key bats at the trade deadline. But damn if they're not still hanging in the race, only a half a game out. Kudos and, and props to the Orioles. Uh, I get a lot of Oriole tweets. I don't get that many Oriole calls. So if you're an Oriole caller out there, yeah, I'm pimping you. Because your, your organization decided at the trade deadline, yeah, no, we're really not in it. Yeah, we're close. Yeah, we're so improved. They've been the worst team in baseball two years running, three years running, four years running, whatever you want to say, uh, least wins of any team in baseball. But they were in the same spot that they were at the top of the month and decided, nah, we'll we'll improve ourselves for down the line and years yet to come. Uh, the guys on the field, they're keeping them in the mix and above 500. So good for the Orioles. They can go down and uh, win a series against Tampa this weekend. It'd be a big uh, get for them. And uh, one of the best rivalries in sports, which means, shockingly, I just saw it on my TV within the last half hour, Sunday night baseball, Yankees, Red Sox, really? Every time the Yankees and Red Sox play uh, a weekend series, I guarantee you, the Sunday night game is going to be Yankees and Red Sox. Uh, they got uh, Alex Rodriguez on his little simulcast deal on the side. They're going to have Derek Jeter as their special guest. What else is new? Yankees and Red Sox. The Red Sox are still four games out. They've actually gotten a little closer the last couple of days. Uh, they won a series. Did you see that last night? They beat the Orioles. Uh, one game series, makeup stuff. But it's actually considered a series. It's the first series they've won against an American League East opponent all year long. They're below 500. They've got a bunch of teams they've got to jump over to make the playoffs. But if you're less than five games out with five, six weeks to go, I guess you've got to say you're in it, right? So the Red Sox-Yankees has gravitas just because it's the Red Sox-Yankees, uh, but uh, partially uh, in this year as well. Although the Yankees, Yankees are going to win the East. But the Yankees, as the premier team in baseball, that conversation has gone by the boards. The Dodgers are the premier team in baseball. And then it's the Astros and the Mets and the Yankees. Yeah, maybe the Braves think that they belong in that conversation too, but we'll see about that. Um, the Dodgers have kind of distanced themselves not only from the rest of the National League West, but the rest of all of baseball in regular season records. But you know what happens. You get to the playoffs. It's a series. Any team, anybody can pull a little bit of an upset in the series. So, yeah, we're going to get baseball talk in. John Heyman's going to join us a little over a half an hour from now. Uh, but let me get this one NFL slash Deshaun Watson point in here before we give you our first update of the day. The NFLPA yesterday decided to leak and I believe the recipient was my buddy, Rob Motti, from the Associated Press. He's their lead NFL writer these days. I knew Motti when he was in town working for the AP uh, in Philadelphia, covering the Phillies and the Sixers and the Eagles and everything else. Motti's a very good reporter and a great dude. Uh, somebody leaked it to him that Deshaun Watson and the Players Association, who were involved in representing him in the ongoing uh, decision as to whether, uh, not whether he's going to be suspended. We know he's going to be suspended as to how long and uh, how much of a check he's going to write. 
Um, the original hearing was heard by Judge Sue Robinson. She came out with a six-game ban, um, no fine whatsoever, and not surprisingly at all, the NFL appealed. Everyone knew that was coming. Uh, I give the NFL PA for rightly getting out in front of it and saying, oh, we're, we're going to take Judge Robinson before she ever came out with the decision. It just was leaked that the decision was going to come in the next 24 hours. So they put their statement out. We are going to stand by whatever decision Judge Robinson makes. And they were okay with it. Maybe they had a good feeling or uh, were given some information. It wasn't going to be all that heavy. Uh, And they implored the National Football League to do the exact same thing. Roddy Goodell had the hammer in his hand. You think he was going to give up the hammer? Of course not. So the suspension comes out, and it's only six games, and Roger Goodell brings the hammer down and says, no, we're appealing this. He did kick it to a designee rather than he hearing the actual settlement, which he had the right to do. He could just say, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. Here's a punishment. Boom. Take it. Take your medicine. No, he named Peter C. Harvey, former New Jersey attorney general, to uh, restate or reiterate or reconfigure the suspension that Deshaun Watson was going to have to uh, endure. That has not happened yet, and I thought it was going to happen this week. Tonight, NFL preseason action. The Cleveland Browns will be playing the Jacksonville Jaguars down in Florida and look for Deshaun Watson to start the game for the Cleveland Browns. Because the suspension has not been formalized, it's still in appeal mode. Yes, Deshaun Watson's going to play. And it'll be a bad look. It'll last and get media coverage. I'll talk about it tomorrow here on CBS Sports Radio. I can guarantee you that. Um, And then eventually the suspension is going to come down. And the fact that he played in their first preseason game will become a footnote to history but just the fact that he is going to play, that this thing has dragged on and taken forever and appeals and designees and everything else, it just has been. And I know both sides are fighting for what they want and think uh, should be done, but the fact that he's going to play tonight, I think, is just not a good look for the National Football League, but that's exactly what's going to happen. All right, so NFL fans, I'm taking you on my phone lines. Uh, baseball fans, you want to talk about the tightening race in the AL wild card or the uh, couple of good series? Well, only one really good NL series this weekend, and I'll be watching plenty of it. Mets, Phillies. Mets are playing great right now. Um, but DeGrom and Scherzer are pitching the next two days for the Mets. Oh, that gives them a good chance to win against Philadelphia. The Phillies had been red hot. They had won seven or They got shut down last night by the Marlins, yesterday afternoon by the Marlins uh, to stop their winning streak. But they've been playing real well as well. So you got a couple of good NL teams that will be, I think, both in the postseason um, when, when we get there. Uh, these are just some of the things I will run by John Heyman. But if you want to run them by me first, do it on the phone lines, 855-212-4227. MacMan in for Bill Ryder on Writer Than You. Let's get real right with the latest CBS Sports Update. May the Schwartz be with you. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. J-Mac in for Billy R on Writer Than You today here on CBS Sports Radio on... A football Friday. Yes, the NFL kicking off its first full weekend of preseason action. 
Last week, we did get the Hall of Fame game in, and yeah, that was fun to watch just because the NFL was back. Well, it's back in full this weekend. couple of games last night, Giants beat the Patriots on the NFL Network. Titans get beat by the Ravens, make it 21 in a row preseason wins for the Ravens. It really doesn't mean anything, does it? Well, I think what it means is Harbaugh's a good coach more than anything else. That tells you that he can carry that over from year to year to year, and the team just finds a way to win games that, yes, don't mean anything in the regular season standings, but it does set a tone for the upcoming season. So uh, I'll give a ton of credit to Coach Harbaugh for that. Uh, Wanted to see if anybody got pumped up, if anybody is already either plus or minus in their overall wagering for the season. I I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I, I don't even check the lines. We are only a couple of weeks away from uh, Monday's uh, Jody McDonald must-do activities being checking the lines for the upcoming weekend's game in the National Football League. Ever, uh, most sports fans do it uh, with – the proliferation of uh, gambling across this country and so many states having legalized gambling now. Oh, it happens everywhere. And everybody's talking about it. And everybody's doing it. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. Most people are doing it. Um, so uh, I've been doing it for years, as a matter of fact. So, so it's nothing different for me, but it merits more conversation on uh, sports talk radio. Uh, so, uh, yeah, every single month I immediately look ahead uh, even before they played the Monday night game to see what the lines are for the next upcoming week. I got to tell you, I didn't do it this week for the preseason games. And on this upcoming Monday, I won't do it again because I just don't believe in it. I don't think you can put any good hard-earned money that you have down on a preseason game when you have no idea what players are or aren't going to be playing what a coach does or doesn't want to achieve. I told you the Dick Vermeil story I had. Certainly John Harbaugh falls into that category. But, yeah, it's not happening. Uh, not for me. But if you did last night, you rode with the Ravens. More power to you. You won again. Or if you took the G-men over the Pats, uh, I hope you cashed on, on both uh, sides of those two. I do want to get plenty of NFL conversation in. I'm going to give you my thoughts. I need yours. Telephone lines open. Uh, Yours truly hops in every once in a while, fills in for the guys during the week here on CBS Sports Radio. I know they don't take a lot of calls, but I'd like to. I'm giving you the chance. I'm giving you the opportunity to be heard nationally. 855-212-4227. So NFL is part of it. The Deshaun Watson uh, situation being that they they floated up a trial balloon that had no chance, none, zero of happening. Uh, we know without Roger Goodell coming right out and saying it, enough information has been put out into the ether that the NFL wants an entire year suspension plus a fine for Deshaun Watson. We have to wait and see what former New Jersey Attorney General Peter C. Harvey, the designee for Roger Goodell, he passed off the responsibility, didn't want to be looked at as the uh, dean of discipline in the National Football League when it comes to player conduct. Uh, So he allowed someone else to make the decision. Well, the second person, I should say. He let Sue Robinson make the first decision, and then there was an appeal process. So now the second decision is the one that will hold water, and it will come from Peter C. Harvey, who has done work with and for the National Football League so far. So read into that whatever you need to read into that. But the fact that they haven't been able to get this done, and – 
there, there was, again, speculation. Sue Robinson hasn't spoken to this, but a lot of uh, knowledgeable football media types suggested that the reason that it took her a month, an entire month, the Deshaun Watson hearing took three days. The decision as to how much his suspension should be took an entire month. There was speculation that that was because she was hoping that the powers that be with the NFL and the Players Association in conjunction with Deshaun Watson could work out a settlement. That wasn't happening. It didn't happen. So she delayed her decision an entire month, and it had an effect on where we are in the process right now because the NFL immediately appealed. Shortly thereafter, Roger Goodell named former Attorney General of New Jersey, Peter C. Harvey, as his designee to decide the actual punishment. We haven't gotten it yet. And it's been several more weeks since when Dell passed the buck that Deshaun Watson's going to play tonight for the Cleveland Browns because there is no official suspension in place yet. He has been practicing with the Browns. He is prepped and ready to play tonight. The Browns have decided, yeah, we're going to give him some act. He hasn't played in the football game because he did not play, as uh, I hope you remember, all last year with the uh, the Texans, because of this entire situation, he was on their roster and just didn't play any games, any preseason games, any regular season games. So it's been a long time since Deshaun Watson got out there and took snaps in a game that counted. That Well, this one doesn't really even count, but you know what I mean. With teammates and other players on the other team attempting to keep them from doing what they want to do, the Browns have decided, yeah, we're going to play him. At some point, this suspension is going to end. Might not be till 2023, but at some point, it is going to end. So we might as well let him get out there. And uh, when he does come back, he'll have this game underneath his belt. It's a bad look for the NFL. And and uh, what was the word that uh, Goodell used in his explanation at the owners' meetings? Expedited. That this was supposed to expedite the proceedings. It is done anything but that to this point so uh i'll 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 track to see what deshaun watson is doing tonight so brown fans you want to get in how you're dealing with all this for an upcoming football season you can give me your thoughts on that at uh, 855-212-4227 and maybe i thought the most interesting story over the last uh 24 hours uh, yes, the NFL is back, and yes, Deshaun Watson is playing tonight, and yes, I did get to watch games last night. I'll be watching them all weekend. And yes, the wild card in the American League is a tightening race, which should be fun uh, for the next six weeks. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the Phils and Mets, two of the hottest teams in the NL. Phillies, Mets, Dodgers, the hottest teams in the NL uh, easily. Uh, and the Phillies and the Mets are starting a three-game series with the Mets putting the Grom and Scherzer out the first couple of games, advantage Mets. Um, yeah, those are all great sports stories. I'll talk about any of them, but did you see the story about the hubbub in Kentucky, Lexington, where, of course, the University of Kentucky resides, and there's a little back-and-forth tete-a-tete going down between their basketball coach and their football coach. 
We know the basketball coach very well. That would be Coach Calipari, national championships, uh, top flight uh, college coach for years. Um, not as much success the last couple of seasons for Coach K. Apparently, he was hoping to get some work in with his players off season, downtime, summer, get together, play. Can't really coach, but uh, you can open up the gym for those guys to use and. Don't kid yourself. There's coaching going on there, and the NCAA uh, kind of uh, closes its eyes, goes ostrich, and uh, looks right past something like that. But couldn't even have that happen because their practice facility was leaking, that they were getting rain. It was coming in through the roof, so Coach K had to cancel some workouts that he had for players. They're coming back to his team this year. And maybe in an attempt to apply a little pressure to the university, that, hey, I told you guys, we got issues. You get somebody down here, fix this right away. So in attempting to do so, uh, he did put out a statement saying, hey, Kentucky is a basketball school. Stuff like this shouldn't happen at a basketball school. Well, one of the individuals who took note of Coach's Cal's stance was the football coach at the University of Kentucky, uh, Coach Mark Stoops, and he came out with a tweet of his own because Cal took to Twitter and the coach of the football team, Coach Stoops, uh, responded with, after Coach Cal had said, Kentucky is a basketball school, Coach Stoops' tweet was, basketball stool, question mark, I thought we competed in the SEC. Well, Coach, both compete in the SEC. And if your point is the SEC is better in football than it is in basketball, oh, we'll sign off on that. You are 100% correct about that. Uh, And he hashtagged it four straight postseason wins. Which is true. The uh, the Wildcats have been very good in their bowl games. They've won their last four bowl games, 18, 19, 20, and then uh, this past year won their bowl game as well. Whereas it's been a while since Coach Cal's basketball team has won a postseason game. When last we saw them in postseason action, they were being upset by St. Peter's, the darling, the Cinderella of last year's field of 68, who went, then went on to advance a couple more rounds before they finally got picked off. But uh, Coach Cal Coach wasn't the only one who got upset by St. Peter's. But it's been a couple of years since they've actually won an NCAA game. So if you're just talking about the last two or three years, yeah, the football team has had more postseason success. Maybe not regular season success because, yes, they are in the SEC and they're playing the monsters of college football, but they have actually won their last couple of postseason games, a.k.a. bowl games. Not good when you have infighting between two coaches for the same university on different staffs, but take a little bit of a dig at Coach Cal and his Basketball program not playing late into the NCAA tournament? Was that what Coach Stoops was going to say? And one other note on uh, Kentucky. And I saw him play a game or two last year. They're, they're not primetime watching for yours truly. Or uh, Sorry, Coach Stoops, you'll get mad at me now, too, the same way you are at Coach Cal. Um, 
because you're in the SEC, yes, your games have a level of importance. If I tuned, if I tuned into a Kentucky game over the last couple of years, it was probably more so to see your opposition than to see you because I watch college football for two very different and distinct reasons. Number one is for the sport itself and who's winning and who's going to be in the conversation to make the final four at the end of the year, the playoffs. Certainly I'm, I'm motivated and moved by all that, but I'm an NFL guy. So I always have a half an eye on the talent on the teams they are playing on the collegiate level who are going to get their names called out come the draft uh, for the NFL come April. Kentucky's going to get a guy drafted this year, and he plays a pretty important position that would be quarterback, and the quarterback's name is Will Levis, who I did see play last year, and I liked what I saw. Some people are suggesting he's the third best draft-eligible quarterback in uh, next year's NFL draft, 2023. We've got a long way to go before next April. Um, but some have him ranked only behind uh, Young of Alabama and Stroud of Ohio State. That they've got Levis as the third highest ranked prospect for the NFL draft this year. I don't have him quite that high. And I will readily admit that we all have our, if you're a draft uh, Nick like I am, uh, that you follow this stuff. As soon as, as soon as the draft is over and done with, you start to look at next year's class. Yes, guilty as charged. Um, and I do take uh, specific pride in being able to uh, handicap quarterbacks making the jump from college football to the NFL. Yeah, did I have uh, Zach Wilson of the uh, who eventually went number two overall in the draft in the first round? In the first day, uh, no, and the, no is the answer to neither either of those two questions. Adam is day three guy coming out of BYU, but then he had the unbelievable season that he had, and he merited being the second pick in the draft. There's a couple guys drafted after him that I would have taken ahead of him, but uh, yeah, it, we got to let the season play itself out. But Will Levis has a lot of respect, which means people will be watching Kentucky football this year. I uh, love it when there's infighting between coaches at one university. All right, hour down, Jody Mack in for Bill Ryder. Hour number two, we'll start with MLB Talk. Odyssey MLB Insider John Heyman jumps aboard here on CBS Sports Radio.